be there. After that, I don't know. Um, I definitely believe that there is there is that prayer will and is will make a big difference in that in that eventual outcome. Um, I do believe God is already working in this whole thing. I think He has worked in my life for me me, me being here as a result of, of of Him. I think my being at the Student Health Center for I've, I've never been at the Student Health Center at 1:30 on on Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah, and by the way, also, uh, the, the mother that I spoke with when I was talking with, with Jane Higa uh, was at church yesterday and came and introduced herself to me again, or said, remember me, and I said, yes. She said, I just wanted to tell you, and her eyes started to water, that my husband is, is had a, broke his neck, uh, had a spinal cord injury, and uh, is in a wheelchair. And if I can be of any help... Please let me know. And I said, thank you. Um, again, coincidences, I don't think so. Uh, God working in our lives, most definitely. And I, I, uh, I know that you as a student body have the power for prayer and healing. Um, and Patrick and his family and I, and all the doctors involved are counting on that. We appreciate, uh, Dr. Hernandez, you're bringing the information to us so that we know how to pray more effectively. And I think a question that often arises in situations like this is, how should we pray? Should we pray for a complete healing? Would it lack faith to only pray for courage? Uh, how should we pray? And I have to say, I think you need to pray the way you are led to pray. Some of you will be led to pray for a complete, uh, absolute, 100% reversal of this injury. Some of you will be led to pray for courage to face whatever is the outcome, which, as Dr. Hernandez has shared, we're not sure what the outcome will, will be. We don't know if he will walk again. We don't know if he'll walk partially. We don't know uh, how much movement he'll have in his hands and fingers. Uh, so there's quite a range of things that can happen. Uh, one of the truths that Jesus was very clear is that we're supposed to walk in the light. We're, that means we're supposed to live life in the light of reality. And that's one reason I asked Dr. Hernandez to come and to take as much time as he needed to explain this. Because as, as Christians, we're not supposed to kind of close our eyes and put our head in the sand and, and blindly hope for something. We're supposed to look the situation in the face with all the information we have and pray earnestly with all the faith that we have. And uh, so now we know the situation. You know it. Uh, he, Dr. Hernandez just came from the hospital. You know it as well as uh, anybody right now, probably better than most. And so we're to pray as you feel led. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, I've heard many uh, Bible teachers and, and uh, Christian people say that it shows a lack of faith if we say, uh, if it be your will. Well, I, I don't think that's the case since Jesus prayed that way. 
I also think that that prayer in the garden where Jesus said, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done, teaches us that we can ask God for what we want. And so often I find myself uh, as a pastor in situations like this where I will pray, Lord, my will is that this person be completely 100% restored to physical health, but not my will, but yours be done. Because we do want God's will, and we don't understand all things. God does. We know that at the center of our faith as Christians is a cross. You can see it right there. And ironically, today I was planning to preach on the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, which I will not do. But the cross has become the center point of our faith. It has become the most visible symbol of the Christian faith. And the cross is an intersection of tragedy and hope. At a human level, it was the mark of a colossal human tragedy, the dimensions of which are unbelievable. The betrayal of a good friend. The execution of an innocent man. But from God's perspective, it became the very, the, the very intersection of forgiveness, of salvation of hope for the future for all of humankind. And yet, there it stands, a cross, an instrument of death, an instrument of tragedy, an instrument of betrayal. And so, as people of faith, we're not meant to live, nor are we supposed to pretend that we will live tragic-free lives. The Lord and Master of us all died in what looks to be a human tragedy. Although in the Gospel of John, it's very clear that Jesus felt he was laying down his life. It was not being taken from him. And so we live at that intersection. And we live all of our lives at that intersection. And it's one of the uh, unique natures of our first world culture, our North American 20th century culture, to think that we can control everything. And we can have a tragedy-free life. And it's times like this when we realize everything we can do medically, still we, we wind up having to trust in God because he is the great healer. Dr. Hernandez shared with me on the phone last night that in one sense, everything that needs to be done has been done medically. And now it's a matter of prayer and, and uh, trust and physical therapy along with it. But the actual... Uh, the actual medical procedures to make uh, a reversal as, as hopeful as possible have been done. And so now it's a time of prayer. Let me read this passage from Second Corinthians, and uh, then I'm going to invite our singers to come up, and we're going to worship together and pray. And uh, we may go a little beyond our normal time. I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. This is from 2 Corinthians, Paul writing to the Corinthians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we're distressed, meaning we apostles, it is for your comfort, those of you in Corinth, 
and for your salvation. And if we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering which we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life itself. Indeed, our hearts, right in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happens so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. In this passage, we're taught that the sufferings of Christ flow over into our life, that all of the sufferings on earth, in a sense, are the sufferings of Christ, and that they do flow over into our lives, and that they're meant to produce virtue, Christ-likeness, patient endurance being one of the virtues that he mentions, faith that we rely on God rather than on ourselves. That doesn't mean we don't use doctors, we don't use our minds, we don't use everything at our disposal. But once we've come to the end of that, and even in the midst of that, we rely on God. I think it was a poignant picture to see uh, Dr. Hernandez, which I, I was not there, but to hear him describe it and see it in my mind, and, and the students kneeling uh, around Patrick, waiting for the paramedics to come. Prayer was happening right there. And so prayer will turn to now. And let me invite our singers to come up at this point. And uh, what I'd like us to do, they're going to lead us in a Taze-style song. And then I, when they're done, and, and we will sing with them. Taze is a style of music that uh, is a reflective style of music and actually fits very well. Otherwise, we would have just canceled it and done something else this morning. But I felt like Taze music is not is meant to be prayerful music. And we're going to take the lights down some so that you can see the words on the screen. And then in between the songs, uh, I'll come up here and uh, just open it for prayer. You can pray out loud if you wish. You can, you can pray quietly if we're in silence that whole time. That's good, Brad. Thanks. Um, then that would be fine as well. So uh, I'll turn it over to Professor Brothers to lead us here. together in the name of Jesus, where love and charity meet, you are here in the midst of us. And so we offer our prayers to you. Father, we know that your ways are not our ways, and so we want your will. I know that it's my will, Father, that Patrick be completely restored, and so as your son, I'm asking you as my father to restore his health. Father, I pray with many, many of our friends here, with all of us, we're united in praying for encouragement and comfort and courage and strength for the family and for Patrick during this time. 
Let's stand together and sing our second song for this morning. One of the teachings in the church down through the centuries is that God is immovable. God is the same, whether it's in the midst of tragic circumstances or joyful circumstances. We can praise God. We can praise God in the midst of tragedy as well as in the midst of joy. And so I'd like for us to end on a song of praise because we're announcing that God is praiseworthy, that we have faith, not just sight. And so our singers will lead us in our closing song of a praise to the Lord. May the God of all glory and power, may the comfort of His Holy Spirit, may the blessings of salvation and peace in Jesus Christ be yours now and forevermore. Amen.